Hey y'all, I'm Sammy, your host of the You Are Made For More podcast. John 10.10 is a promise that Jesus came down to earth so that we would have life and have it abundantly. My prayer is that this podcast and all of the content that we put out will remind every student that they were made for more simply because of who they were created to be. My own walk with the Lord and my relationships with the teenagers that I disciple have shown me that once we understand whose we are, the game changes, or in other words, transformation happens. Our identity changes everything. We recognize that it takes investment and partnership between the church and parents to raise teens who know and believe who they are in Jesus, and we're here to help with that. So buckle up as we take this journey and take a look at what God has to say about friendships, relationships, sexuality, dating, and all the things in between. Today, I am pumped to bring you this interview with Rachel and Thomas Autry. If you don't know the Autrys, you are going to want to turn up the volume on this interview and soak in everything they have to say. Rachel and Thomas live in Birmingham, Alabama, where Rachel does just about everything on the planet. I'm half kidding, but actually I have no idea what her actual title is because she does so much, but the bulk of it is that she shares tips, tricks, and truth on social media to help women be more focused on the things that really matter in life. She's a blogger the co-host of the podcast Behind the Bliss, and she has the utmost love and respect for her husband, Thomas. Thomas is a member of the Alabama Air National Guard, and together the two love to adventure, travel, and they have the most fun when they are together doing things and in pouring into their marriage. They currently are the parents of a precious pup named Remy and they've been married for just over three years. So I asked them to come on the podcast to talk about their love story and what it looked like to be intentional in dating and throughout their marriage. So their story is one of God's faithfulness and I can't wait for you to hear it. So we're gonna dive right in, turn up the volume, grab a cup of coffee. Here we go. All right, so Autry fam, welcome. Hello. Hey. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you for being here. I'm so pumped to have you guys. This is the first time I'm like actually seeing you guys on in person through a screen. Um, I have, you know, we've been DMing (laughs) back and forth and emailing and all of that stuff, but I am really excited to kind of let you guys share more about who you are and what you value. So if you don't mind, start by giving us a kind of a snapshot of what your love story is. Um, but before we do that, I kind of want to get a spark notes version of who each of you are. So Rachel, yeah. tell me who you are. Thomas, tell me who you are. And then we'll get into who you guys are together. Cool. So my name is Rachel Autry. I am a wife of Thomas um, and I have tons of little passion projects that kind of get all rolled into one, which is basically just meeting people where they are, um, hoping to share a little bit of my story and give other people a platform to share theirs so others can find freedom in whatever they're walking through. 
So that looks like um, a blog sometimes um, on Wednesdays. It looks like a podcast. And um, in between, I like to work on merchandise and other fun projects just to, like I said, grow a platform um, that I can kind of bring other women up on a pedestal to be able to share kind of what the Lord's teaching them in whatever season that they're in. So yeah, I, I also have a podcast. Um, it's called Behind Which the Which is so good. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. It's so fun. It's It was started out of boredom and now has grown into something that I am excited to call full time. So that is um, where I am vocationally, but uh, at home, I get the pleasure to work from home, which is sweet. So I feel like Thomas and I are, are both in the season of availability and being able to um, see each other often, which is great because hasn't always been our story and I know it won't be our story for forever. So this is a good season. Yeah. That's awesome. And Thomas, who are you? Tell me about you. (laughs) He's way cooler than me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's not true. She makes me cooler than I really am. But uh, we're originally from Columbia, South Carolina, Um, grew up in the South and we live in Birmingham now. I'm kind of on a fun journey and dream right now, vocationally. Um, I'm in the process of becoming a pilot for the military. I've been a a private pilot for about a year now, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a year and a half. And so it's just been a really exciting journey that the Lord has shown himself time and time again and his faithfulness and his direction. So that's what we're doing. And we're starting a new chapter of going full-time with the military and getting trained and all the things associated with that. (laughs) Like I said, way cooler than me. I'm not a pilot. (laughs) I married one at least. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have a lot going on and like individually and together. That is so cool. Um, Something I love just about how you guys talked about each other individually is that you automatically just lifted each other up and who the other one is so cool. Um, which is something you also do through your social media and stuff like that. So when did you guys start dating? When did you meet? Tell me a little bit about what that looked like. Obviously it's one of our favorite stories. Yeah, And and also just to preface, it is a hot mess express, but somehow we made it. So I guess <laughs> moral of the story before we even start is like, you really cannot mess it up. Like whatever point. the Lord has for you, it will happen. And we are living truth. I messed it up or should have so many times, but we um, met in youth group in high school. Thomas is two years older than me. So that means when I was a freshman, he was a junior. When I was 16, he was 18. And like in adulthood, um, 24 and 26, which is what we are now, isn't very odd. But in high school, when you're 16 and 18, and for a quick month, we were 15 and 18. It's just kind of <laughs> sketchy sometimes. So it was a little odd. It was odd and illegal. So, there's, <laughs> so um, <laughs> we dated in high school, met in youth group. We are a youth group romance. Um, and it was weird. Like we, we kind of like dated or I guess talked is what people say. We talked for a while. And then we um, finally started dating when Thomas introduced me as his girlfriend at his baseball game. Um, (laughs) That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, is that like swag or what? I don't know. But um, yeah, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. But it worked because I was like, I didn't deny it. You want to walk with it. Yeah, so we literally like made up a dating anniversary because we're like, I don't know. I mean, I think it was like September 11th or something. But um, so we dated uh, for about like two and a half years in high school. And um, Thomas at that point, at the at the end of round one, Thomas ended up going into the military. Um, 
we just were living kind of two different lives, it felt yeah. like, and we didn't have much in common to talk about. So um, I remember talking with my dad and being like, I like love who he is. It just, every conversation feels awkward. I feel like I have to pull from depths to be able to talk about things that we have in common. Um, and I realized I started making decisions for myself based off of his direction rather than being obedient in mine. And that's when I think my dad recognized some unhealth and was like, let's, let's chat through this. Like, I love him too. I am pro Thomas. I think he's amazing. And I love you. And I even love you guys both together. But if this is what you have, it's called discernment. You need to follow your, what, what the Lord's telling you. But even bigger than that, it's like, if you guys are meant to be like, you will be together, whether you break up now or you hopefully stay together for forever. Like you need to just do what's best in the season. So I broke up with Thomas, which, uh, is a tragic story. <laughs> it, it ended up being it ended up being the same day he was graduating from basic training. Oh my gosh! I know, like ruthless. <laughs> well, he told no me. Mercy. Well, I told to preface. I, I definitely know. told her when I left for the military. Just whatever you do, I'm I'm not expecting this, but if something crazy happens, because it yeah. happens in the movies all the time, just don't break up with me over a letter like, in basic don't dear training. Don't dear John me. Just do like, not do like, that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Do you, like that's not allowed. So I couldn't wait any longer. So then he got his phone. He's like, "Hey, graduated. So exciting!" He was like, "Call me back." Oh my God. So, um, <laughs> uh, that was round one. <laughs> then, um, there we had about two and a half years that we did not date. About three months after I broke up with Thomas, um, my dad ended up passing away, and and it was really sudden. Um, we really weren't expecting it, and neither was he. So at this point, he was in training still through some other different um, trainings that he had to, had to figure out and finish for the military. And I was still like doing my thing in high school and staying in front of group, all of this, but except I just lost someone really significant. And at that point, like I felt already felt lonely because I had already chopped off. I felt like was this soul tie that I had with Thomas and um, it sounds super cheesy, but like we were in, we were so in like in high school. Like I was like, I would love to marry someone like Thomas. I didn't know people, existed that weren't like Tom. I just thought all guys were like him because he's just amazing. And I really got lucky dating someone like that. But um, with me just breaking up with him, with me losing my dad, like, of course, I really wanted the comfort of him back. But um, I really felt like I had to figure this out on my own. So I grieved in some really unhealthy ways with other relationships, whether that was guys or friends or you fill in the blank. I just feel like I I didn't really find... um, like comfort in the Lord. I totally found it in what I thought freedom was. And fast forward two and a half years later, I feel like I'm finally getting to know who I am, finding some, finding some foundation. And Thomas swings back around from the military and ends up um, starting college after his training at University of South Carolina. And I was at, US, I was at Clemson um, University and then I don't know how it really happened, honestly, but we went out to coffee, long story short, we went out to coffee and I told him like, Hey, I noticed that you're back around. Would love to still be friends. I'll tell this first. Yeah. He can tell that. <laughs> I'll pick up at this point. Cause he obviously heard something completely different than I ever intended, but I'm glad. Right. Here we are. This but is true. It. This is where the story shifts a little. We, so we definitely were on kind of a different trajectory for two years. We dated other people I had still never really let go of her. Um, I kind of knew, I knew early on that I'd like, like she said, like she was my person or at least someone like her was really what I was looking for. And so when I came back to South Carolina, she was definitely around. Um, 
I was getting involved in Young Life, and a lot of the same people went to a similar church, and there yeah. she was again. And just like overlapped. They started to mesh again, and I was like, oh my gosh. So, and um, anyways, but we went to, she actually asked me to go get smoothies. Oh yeah, smoothies, not coffee, you're right. And um, so we talked a lot about where we've been in the past couple of years, and, and you know, how we were doing, and I just couldn't shake that, you know, we were picking up right when we left off, and she had kind of noticed that we were talking again, we started texting and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess it just went from zero to 100 again really fast. So I, in my efforts to basically get an idea of where he was coming from, I said. She said, hey, you know, I'd like to slow down, basically. But I heard, that's not what I heard. <laughs> what I heard was, hey, I like where this is going, but maybe not yet. And I was like, cool, I can wait, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, can yeah. do this. <laughs> and I was trying as delicately as possible to friend zone him. Yep. Right, um, right. It didn't work. He didn't understand that. So anyways, after long pursuit, I realized, like, I actually really do like this guy. Um, I feel like I'd kissed a lot of frogs and recognized that not all guys are like Thomas and realized that he was a diamond in the rough, literally in the rough. And I, I don't know, not that I like needed him and not that he was my rescuer, but I feel like he, I knew that he could, um, because he did bring me to my potential because he saw my potential and he knew who I wanted to be. And then I started thinking big, he wouldn't know my dad. He wouldn't know my family. He wouldn't know my pain and my hurt and where I've been and what I've overcome. Like, I just kind of felt this confidence and settled peace knowing that it's kind of neat and pretty sovereign that Thomas was intertwined in, into all of it and that the Lord did protect our relationship and that I, I wasn't dependent on him throughout my grieving process. Like I, I did have to get to know the Lord alone. And I don't know, it just was really neat. We kind of say like, I think if we had just kept dating through it all, I, I don't know if we would be together. Yeah. I don't know if we would have made it. We, we just grew so much in the time that we had apart yeah. that when we came around round two, it almost seemed like completely different people that yes, we could pick up where we left off, but that wasn't fair to either one of us because we had grown and had new, um, things that we brought to the relationship, good and bad. So, yeah, and we had some intentional conversation there that Rachel was definitely still on the fence at the first part of it, not because of like, hey, I don't really like you, because she knew that she did. Yeah. But she was basically asking herself the question all the time I don't want to do this out of convenience or yeah. out of, or, you know, what you represent a certain portion of my life in the past. And I don't right. want to do this relationship that way, or because that's an added bonus. I want to do this because the Lord has mm -hmm. called us to be together. And this is, you know, we're supposed to be together. And so we took it really slow the next, next time. And so like she said, we were two completely different people mm -hmm. and we had some common bonds and we, we could grow quickly, but at the same time we took it slow and I feel like our relationship was all the better because of it. Totally. 100%. So we dated for two years in college and then got engaged. Wow. <laughs> and you've been married for just over three years, right? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, Rachel, this question is not on the sheet, but something that you said made a Go question pop in my mind. Um, so you talked about how your dad had kind of seen um, actions in you that were warning signs a little bit about yeah. you um, when you and Thomas were dating that first time. What made you listen to him? Because I feel like it would have been so easy to just kind of brush it off um, yeah. for the parents who are listening. Like what, sure. tell me some like character 
um, traits of your dad that like really made you trust him as a source of life to speak in into your dating relationships? Because that's rare. I mean, not a lot of people yeah. have that. Yeah. So a few things. One, um, I say that he definitely invested and took interest. So there's a difference between like in investing in a relationship's great, but investing as a parent into your child. And I'm not a parent, so who knows? But I'm as a as a child's perspective, like having a parent interest or invested in your relationship is completely different than having them interested in your relationship. And a kid can tell the difference. So like whenever my my dad would be like, um, Hey, what's up? What y'all doing? Where are you going? All these things. That's an investment, right? Like he just wants to keep up with the details, but interest is like, what do you like about him? I'm so interested. Yeah. He is a great guy. Like affirming Thomas with me or asking me hard questions to think about maybe the things I haven't thought about, about Thomas or us before. And so there was a difference and I could tell that there was a genuineness about my dad in a lot of different areas of my life too. So it goes beyond being interested in the relationship. Like show up, he showed up to my sporting events. He, um, would come and like want to take me and my friends, uh, mini golfing or like he knew what was going on in my friends' lives too. So it wasn't just, he was only interested in me. So I could kind of sense this second, like, Hmm, he just really wants to know as a dad, what's going up with his daughter and in this guy relationship. An ulterior motive. Yeah. Or he didn't. Yeah. I never never sensed that. It was much more of like a, Hey, I love you. I want to be a part of your life. You're amazing. Mm -hmm. If I can just be a witness to what's going on. I love that. Thomas happens to be 15%, but like he wasn't only focused on that 15%. He was invested in all of it. So um, that's what made me whenever he did have something to say, lean in because he had I hate this term. Like he had kind of proven himself in the meantime. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show up for you when things are neutral, when things are amazing. And when you're at your lowest of lows, not just kind of swoop in whenever I'm failing or applaud me when I'm succeeding. Like he, he was there in the middle mm-hmm. and um, that's when he, he recognized things. I knew that he recognized things because he had the information and the permission to do so. So um, yeah, I totally trusted him. And I also really knew that like, he was for Thomas too. Like, right. yeah. And, and he wasn't like, a, oh, no one's going to mess with my baby girl. Like, right. he, he there, was was. Defi- there was definitely portions of yeah, that. Don't get me wrong. Once a guy comes into an inner circle, if, if you have a daughter, like it, I mean. I championing mean, that guy championing is, that guy just, is as just as important, important right. as championing the relationship. Because what makes um, people do stupid things is when they are insecure and when they yeah. do feel alone. And so as your child's significant others, like you, you kind of act as their mentor as well, as much as you act as your kid's mentor. So I just, I totally felt like my dad had earned the right to be heard in our relationship because he did care and, and Thomas and him would go. Yeah. This is a lot of what attracted me to Rachel. And like, I had made a decision right around the time that I met Rachel, that the next relationship that I had family was going to be a huge portion of it because I had had some other relationships in the past where my, my parents didn't know what was going on or, or whatever no, I told myself that it was and it was yeah. fun or whatever. But when I met Rachel, the first thing that I did was our first date was with her whole family. And I went on a cycling ride with her dad, a bike ride. And we came back and made pancakes. And like, and then, then I left. left. <laughs> and that was like my first date with her. Yeah. And wow. so he had this huge vested interest in us. 
and she could see that, you know, like his, his action wasn't just like from the sidelines saying, Hey, I want to give you advice. He was like, yeah, you know, I had some really great conversation with him on our bike ride. You know, what was, yeah. it's just completely different for me at least. And I felt so valued by him that I would go downtown and meet him in his office and grab lunch. And mm. he would say, hey, where are you planning on taking her this weekend? Or what have y'all been up to? And I could confide in him and talk about his daughter with him. It was just mm. such a cool relationship. And I got to tell him what I was planning on how to ask you to prom. And he gave me advice. And it was and just, just super yeah, fun. It just felt like we were being rooted for rather than him just kind of like tiptoeing around us and finding something to nitpick. Like it right. felt like we, yeah. we were doing things well. Therefore, like, because we felt championed, we gave him the permission to tell us when we were missing the mark, which was really good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so good. What a blessing. Um, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, Thomas, what was your, that two year period that you guys were kind of broken up? Um, what was your relationship with the Lord like? Like Rachel, you were you were grieving, um, and really like having being forced in a way to lean in mm -hmm. to the Lord, right? To yeah. to survive. Thomas, what was that like for you? And how did you kind of let Rachel re-enter your, for lack of a better term, I guess, circle of trust, you know, like after she had broken up with you like what did right. that look like for you to rebuild the trust or did god speak to you in that you know share a little bit about that with me right that's a great question well we were both in, in similar seasons of like heavy growth with the lord you know yeah. and so she hers was a lot different and mine um you know i was in a season of independence you know i was traveling around with the military and getting trained an 18 year old that gets thrown money and to travel the country and work out work out everything on their own in a completely different environment especially being in the military where there's not a ton of encouragement and accountability um, I grew a lot. And so the Lord had to do a lot of work on me. And in the latter half of the high school was really when I felt like I was able to uh, practically walk out my relationship with the Lord. You know, I grew up in the church and um, was baptized, you know, in middle school or whatever, you know, like kind of the yeah. typical Southern story. But he came alive to me in high school. And uh, that prepared me super well for what I was going to experience in the military because had not had I not had that, yeah. you know, it could have been a rough road, but the times in between, um, you know, I grew a lot and I was able to individually, individually become a strong person, um, in my relationship with the Lord flourish mm -hmm. so that, and let's be honest, like I was watching Rachel from afar the whole time, yes. you know, like <laughs> I told you, I had never really let her go, mm -hmm. but I knew her potential and I knew where she came from. And I knew that, you know, if we were going to be together, that I needed to to lead her and pursue her in those ways. And so, um, and then when I got to college, I, I feel like I grew even more because I immediately jumped into Young Life because mm -hmm. that was a huge was portion of my story. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big portion of how that relationship with the Lord came alive to me in, in high school. So I had some practical application of how to live it out and how to encourage others around me and cultivate community. And so, I just felt like it was this melting pot of everything coming together. And then Rachel coming back into to my life at that point was the cherry on top. It was it was exactly what I was looking for. So I feel like the Lord had really prepared me to steward that well once she came back. Mm, that's so good. Just listening to 
both kind of your sides of the story like it is just so evident you hear all the time like if god is in things and if he's for you in things then they just kind of flow you know and his timing and and that definitely is it sounds like what happened with your relationship and both of you being faithful individually you know led to um you coming back together more unified, stronger in your relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. being centered in that. That's just, I love that. Um, I want to talk about uh, the elephant in the room, as most people say, but um, <laughs> um, a lot of, a lot of the questions that we get from people and a lot of teenagers who are dating people in their youth group or dating people, other people who are Christians um sexual purity is a huge thing um so i want to talk to you guys a little bit about that like did you struggle with sexual purity what were some good boundaries that you set and if you could have done anything differently what do you have and this is like a super vulnerable question but i think (laughs) i think it, it, it really you know I have gained freedom personally from hearing other people's stories, you know, who are a season ahead of me in this, you know, and I just got married two months ago. So I'm, I'm welcome to the club. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Um, um, yeah, it, it coming out of that season, like it is hard, you know? So, so talk to me a little bit about that and how you guys worked through that wrestled with it. What did it look like? I think our story is also pretty interesting because we dated, we, like we say, round one and round two, and yeah. both look so differently with just who we are, how we came into it, how we left. Like, everything was just super different. And um, I'd say that I think if people say they don't deal with sexual purity, they're lying. Um, yeah, amen. And I think that you have to be on guard. And in a lot of our relationship, like we were not on guard because I feel like we were like, oh, we've done this before. And like our first round of dating was really great. And we didn't have a lot of burden we brought into it because we were just so young. And um, so round two was just so interesting because I feel like I personally like wasn't on guard. Like I didn't, I didn't know that I had a target on my back. Like I, mm-hmm. not from him, but from an enemy who's out to get us. So I had to realize that, um, well, first and foremost, I tell my friends are in high school and or just single now, like you have to be on guard. And if you think you're not struggling with it, like watch out because I think the enemy is going to attack what you think you're most confident in because yeah. that's, that's the area of pride that you think you don't need help with. So I'd say like, even if you think you're not struggling with it, really dig in deep and ask yourself the questions. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, our walk was, I feel like up and down, there was like mess up and repentance or whatever, mm-hmm. like it looked like on whatever scale people talk about. And it was not um, clean, like it was messy and we just had to figure it out. And gosh, I would do things differently. One of them being, I think it was hard for us just with sexual purity and um, setting boundaries and not like negotiating with ourselves and one another because we didn't really have mentors like healthy mentors or relationships that we shared with one another like he had his guy friends and I had my girlfriends and so we were able to keep I mean like they were able to ask me things and keep me accountable and ask me the hard questions and pray over me and so were his but we didn't have friends that 
I feel like we're shared friends, like mm-hmm. in between us. Yeah. So whenever um, like something hard would come up or whenever he would come to Clemson for like a, a sorority function and um, would be leaving the next day, like we had to figure out what arrangements would look like. Was there anyone keeping us accountable? Like, did people know where we were? Like that kind of thing. It just was easier for us to fail in a lot of ways because we didn't have people that were like in between us, not to separate us, but like to love on us and to keep us accountable. So consistent people to ask you the hard questions that know both sides. Cause I had people that were asking me hard questions, but it was, you know, very general. And that's such a, it's such a, it's such a hard topic it's really not that hard of a topic once you're vulnerable about it and yeah. have some consistent conversations. Sure. Yep. Um, but if, if there's almost like a track of, of not having those consistent conversations, it builds up a higher and higher wall that, uh-huh. that seemingly feels taller to They're knock impossible. down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, this isn't even achievable anymore. I might as well not even go for it. And it's I'm a like, whole lot easier in small bites than you feel like you have to blow through this wall to get to the other person. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, um, I I love that. Thank you, first of all, for sharing all of that um, with us. But the one thing that, Rachel, you mentioned right away, and Thomas, you mentioned it too, was repentance. And I think that's such a, like, it's a, it's a simple idea, but it's, it can be like a, this big, scary thing to people. Um practically what did that look like for you guys what worked for you to to if you did mess up what did repentance look like i think um well first off there has to be some kind of recognition and repentance with the lord first like there has Mm -hmm. to be the vertical repentance and saying like i have missed the mark um like i didn't keep whatever intentions for myself or for him or for us or my relationship with you. I mean, this even goes outside of your relationships and dating, right? Yeah. Basically saying like, I recognize that this was somewhere I missed the mark and I can't do this without you. And the reason I missed the mark was because I believe that I once could do it without you. Yeah. And so you are now like reinvited, not like he has to be because he deserves a place always, but like you are reinvited into the situation. Mm-hmm. And I need you to like get rid of whatever it is because sexual purity is one of those really weird things that like, like I have to receive and accept the grace on a whole nother level to not feel the shame or the defeat to be like, well, whatever, like mm-hmm. we've been there done that so it doesn't matter we can just do anything up to this point and um thomas and i we um have led like a like a question answer panel with high schoolers before and we get asked the question a lot like how far is too far yeah so that's a like big going one. off of this repentance question for a second but like how far is too because we can't really repent unless our heart is in the right place to repent right so yeah it's not like a oh, lord please forgive me and then you move on like or you, to recognize that something was yeah off. you have to recognize something was off and then be willing to make that replacement in your heart so one of the things that i've had to replace or like change my perspective on or encourage other people to do the same is people ask how far is too far um mm-hmm. you're already figure out how close can you get to the boundaries without making a mistake when in reality, like you should see that boundary line and be like, actually, how far away can I stay from it? Because I know that it's danger and I don't want to have to touch the stove to know it's hot and it burned my hand. Like I want to believe someone when they tell me that like, um, this isn't for me or that line can be dangerous in a lot of different areas. So first off, it's like, you have to switch the perspective in your heart, then ask for forgiveness. And I feel like then 
there's almost like this freedom that comes from it. But the freedom at that point has to come from the both of you because it takes two to tango. Like it wasn't just one person's decision. Um, And then there has to be a repentance with one another. Like, Hey, I'm sorry. Like I, I took something from you and you took something from me. So I'm going to give you back what's yours. I'm going to take back what's mine. Like Mm. we got to, we got to do this, but. And I'll say one thing too, like that's, I feel like that's really important to do together is to recognize, you know, we could have conversations, you know, a couple days later or whatever, because the Lord will be working on us and, and just like, Hey, that, that crossed the line, you know what I mean? Or or whatever. We have a conversation. Yeah. When we say like messed up or crossed a line, like, that could even be going further than what you intended. It doesn't have to always be like we completely messed up and whatever it looks like for you. Like you have to set your own boundaries. Every so relationship we, is different. Yeah. Right. So um, <clears throat> just wanted to preface with that. And so I think it's really important to recognize those things and maybe repent with each other. Say, wow, I'm sorry. I did not hold that boundary. Like I said that I would with you yeah. um, because mm-hmm. you're committing to each other that you you're on the same page about this topic. But also, I think that it's very important for your repentance with the Lord to be personal and separate. Yeah. Mm. At this point in your relationship, um, you know, there is spiritual intimacy, physical intimacy, emotional intimacy. All those things play a factor into the greater intimacy level of your relationship, which yeah. physical is such a huge part. And so I feel like if that in a dating relationship, it's probably not healthy for your spiritual intimacy to be so far advanced that you're repenting together, together right? Yeah. and praying to the Lord together and on these topics because that could also create a tie together or dependency on each other related to the Lord that's not healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like it is so important to have those conversations, just ultimately making sure you're on the same page. I'm so sorry that I didn't lead you in the way that I needed to, or that we crossed that boundary, but the repentance with the Lord and in your own heart be personal. Yeah, that's good. Thomas. Mm, yeah, that's really good. I think that um, it can be so easy because like you said, it takes two to tango, right? So it's like, okay, right. we have to be doing this together. But also like that, that really affects you, your relationship with the Lord individually, you know? So yeah. making sure you separate them that is really good um, to note that they're they're kind of two different things in in a way. Um, so you guys kind of thank you again for sharing that. That's just awesome. Um, one thing um, that I am really passionate about is from just coming out of this season is preparing for marriage and repentance yeah. is a great um, thing to have in your toolbox to do for preparing for marriage because you're going to have to do that all throughout your marriage, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah. what what was one thing that you guys did when you were engaged that you like 10 out of 10 would recommend to another couple to do whether that was premarital counseling creating a habit that kind of got you guys into the rhythm um something to do with family whatever it is what is one thing that you would recommend that that they definitely um consider as a possibility of doing yeah engagement's weird engagement (laughs) is such a weird season yeah (laughs) I mean, there's so much that comes out of it. You know, it's almost like 
engagement is just the final last test before yeah. marriage. Like it's not just like flowers and sunshine the whole time, because if you think about the word too, I mean, you're more engaged with each other than you ever have been with this yeah. commitment on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much that kind of bubbles out of your personality and character and relationship in that time than ever before. Yeah. It's, it's weird. So weird. Um, I would say I'm really grateful for our premarital counseling. I mean, I feel like that's a kind of a given and people talk about it a lot, but that's not, that's not something you just go and you show up to and you check off your box because whoever's marrying you requires that before marital counseling is not necessarily to get you ready for marriage because there's really no way to do that. You just kind of have to get thrown into it yeah. personally. Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, there's, nothing, there's not enough someone can tell you about it to give you an idea of what it's going to be like. It's just going to have to be an experience, but premarital counseling is to show you like what you don't need to bring into marriage. That's mm-hmm. to show you like what areas of your life do you need to render before entering into this union and this covenant like Rachel wow you're really dealing with some hesitancy in these areas sounds like some insecurity that you're not finding confidence in the Lord like would you like think about reconciling that I'm like wow you're so right or it's it our premarital counseling was quite interesting like brought up a lot of really hard things between us too like we got to the end of the rope and we we're like oh my gosh like this is hard really hard and we had some really intense conversations, but it's, it, that's what premarital counseling is for, right? It's like to create some tension, to like light some kind of fire so that you can identify these areas before they get brought up in ways yeah. that you wouldn't want them to get brought up or like more sporadic ways than like your planned once a week premarital. So premarital was amazing for me. And it also, I mean, it's, it's, it's super fun too, because it it's the perfect it's for for me it was the first time that we were able to really start thinking as a family right yeah there's like counseling some was there's yeah. some permission to figure out like are we on the same page about these things what do yeah. we believe who do we want to be as a married couple what is our relationship with the lord going to look like together now and stuff and so it's it's a really fun chapter to start talking about the rest of your life really but yeah. at the same time it can be challenging so yeah. premarital is kind of a um, non-negotiable in my mind, you know, like right. for us, it definitely wasn't, or it definitely wasn't non-negotiable. No, I think that the, both of those are such good points. Cause I think I talked to a lot of people who do go to premarital counseling, like j- let's just check it off the list, you yeah. know, and get it done so that this person agrees to marry us. Right. But yeah. Again, like some of my favorite memories from engagement um, was like having that. I love just the way you worded that, Thomas, like having permission to think as a family, you know, like dreaming about that's what marriage is, is becoming one, right? Like you're trying to take these two separate minds to separate ideal ideals you know and and merge them and to to even think about that can seem really overwhelming but it's actually kind of fun when you have a, a couple or a person who has way more wisdom than you do right and it's kind of right. like okay these are the questions to walk through this is what you should ask each other all of that stuff um and a fun so- tip for engagement too is i think there's so much pressure around the wedding, so many decisions yeah. and all that stuff that 
I think it's important every couple of weeks to just do something lighthearted and fun together that you don't think about the wedding. You don't think you just get back to dating. Like there should be, it should be like engagement with a side of dating. You know what I mean? Like there should definitely still be those moments to where you can have your relationship without all of the stress or pressure um, just to make sure that you're not getting overwhelmed with each other because that's not what marriage is going to be like, you know? I told you you was cooler than me. (laughs) 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 I'm glad you're here. This is not fun. Whatever. No, that is so important though because I one of my least favorite things was like making a budget. Like I just am not a budget. I am not. You know, I had never had a budget. Like I was single. Like just graduated college, right? And my husband is 10 years older than me. So he had been, you know, single, but really intentional about how he was handling his finances. And he was like, okay, we got to do this. Like we got to combine all of this. Like what are are our dreams? What do we want to save for? And I was like, so overwhelmed. (laughs) And was like, I can't even think about this without like wanting to cry. And he, we like had to be super intentional about having those conversations like after we did something fun and like we're able to connect and go on a date you know so that's really important just like for your emotional stability and (laughs) (laughs) making sure that you're like staying connected you know like and 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 growing in your friendship with one another too um what is the most important thing that you guys have kind of learned in these three years of marriage, like what's the most important thing you can do individually to make sure that your marriage is thriving under God? Good question. Okay. Well, first off community, hundred percent. Um, we got involved into a, a small group. Um, the small group found us. We didn't find the small group, which was total godsend because we had just moved to Birmingham. The only two people we knew in Birmingham were each other. Um, and like his and like work, and work friends. Yeah, yeah. Which they're amazing people, but like we needed something that we could clock out and something like yeah. I, Rachel can do and Thomas could do. Um, we stayed in it for almost all three years and um okay. it's just great and we appreciate this but something that they told us that i feel like i've learned recently and have applied to my relationship um specifically in marriage is um this idea of the marriage which we we talk about a lot but i hadn't really like fully understood like marriage to me meant like Thomas and I's relationship when in reality like a marriage is a separate entity like it's a union so mm. it's um, we, they told this example basically of like, pretend like your marriage is sitting in a chair and it's, you walk by that chair every day and you're like, Hey marriage, like, how are you? How am I doing in this? Like, what can I help you with? Cause it's different than asking Thomas, like, Hey, how can I love you? How could, like, what do you need? Because what Thomas needs might be completely different than what we're doing and what we need. Um, or there's like even times that Thomas will ask me something and I'll think like, let me ask the marriage, you know, which is different yeah. than just giving him my so because sometimes we could totally agree on something hey do we think we should do this yeah that sounds great to me and she's like yeah it sounds great as well but if we really think about it that might not be the best thing for the marriage yeah so like great example is thomas was like hey i would really love to be a pilot in the military what do you think about that and i was like oh um (laughs) not what i thought i was signing up for but sure babe um but i remember thinking like 
and he said, like, if you ever feel hesitant about this, you've got to let me know. Yeah. And I remember just like this thing in the back of me being like, no, no, you can't, you can't let him know. Like, not because I don't, I didn't feel the freedom to speak my mind. I totally did. And he'd hear me out, but I also knew that he would hear me out so, so much. And he trusts me so much more than he should, because I'm also fleshly that he would have been disobedient um, leaning on what he thought was my obedience, which wasn't. So we had like, that's a good example of him being like, you've got to tell me when you're hesitant about this. And I'm like, well, a hundred percent I'm hesitant about this. This isn't a huge, like, <laughs> like long time commitment that could really affect our family, our kids. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows what 10 years is going to look like for us. But anytime I pass by this chair, I just felt like the marriage needed me to like, not vocalize that not because I didn't feel the permission to say so or that like I was being suppressed it just was me being like no I'm being obedient by not verbalizing my fear because fear is opposite of faith and this situation needs more faith than me verbalizing my fear so like I'm going to stay quiet and that's what obedience looks like so that's a good example of like Thomas would have wanted me to be vocal and verbalize it but my marriage needed me to stay still and be quiet and just be be faithful like just be quiet. And, mm. um, and looking back to that's exactly what my fear inside of me wanted because I had fear as well. And if she was able to kind of, you know, confide in me about those things, that was only going to trigger the fears that I have of like, oh my gosh, she's not on board with this, or right. this is really going to negatively affect our family. And really, that's not always the case. We just right. need to counteract that fear with faith and right. put some stakes in the ground of what our future is going to look like and so, yeah. the Lord's place in that. So I'm just wow. learning that marriage is an entity and it needs to be um, asked permission and asked questions just as often as your spouse does. Because your spouse and your marriage are completely different. Yeah. Wow. My mind is blown. That's awesome. <laughs> 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 uh, hey, I can't take credit. I can't take credit. Zane Tarns. We love him. He's, he's, he's amazing. So. And so then... On another level, I think this is very elementary or seems elementary, but it's not. And I think that just individually, you both have to be seeking the Lord from a real place. And um, that's really what ultimately is going to set you up to be able to lead the other person Mm -hmm. or to pursue the other person the way that the Lord desired is if you're actually seeking him. Um, So it sounds elementary, but... I found out very quickly that that didn't necessarily come naturally as much to lead yeah. the family or whatever in the in the very beginning. I feel like I was kind of hit with, oh wow, this is a huge responsibility, and I may not be doing it well so far. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. from the Lord. If you if you aren't having your one on one time relationship with the Lord, then like it's easy for me to convince myself that Thomas is my Lord, like that mm-hmm. Thomas is my savior, that Thomas is the one that's going to make me happy or satisfy me or make my day better if I'm having a really bad day. And it's false. I can't put that pressure on him because he'll fail every time. Yeah. And maybe then, not every time. No, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes like these miraculous things happen and I'm like, yep, you're enough. But like, but they're not, they're not built and created to be enough for us. And if they were, then we wouldn't need a savior. We wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need what he did for us. So if you don't first have that time with the Lord to center yourself and then give your husband or your wife the permission to say like, Hey, I mean, I take the pressure off of you to be enough for me because that's impossible. Then like, there's this whole new, you just entered a whole new amazing level of marriage to be like, Hey, pressure's off. We're going to have fun 
you have grace because I have been filled up elsewhere. Yeah. And you can't fill that God size hole. So pressure's oh, off. That, yeah, that's so I love that idea of taking the pressure off. Um, uh, because that does free up so much space to just have fun with each other. And that actually is a great lead-in to what I wanted to talk about with you guys next. Why is being friends so important in your marriage? Like, why do you have to cultivate <laughs> your friendship when you're married? <laughs> Good question. Um, so there have been times, like in our first year of marriage, things were really hard. I remember thinking like, Gosh, I love him to death, but I do not like him right now. Yeah. And I think he would say the same thing like, wow, I love you, but dang, you're really hard to be with right now. And um, I think it's because we didn't really have as much. We did have friendship, but not as much friendship as we've learned to have now. Um, and friendship, just like marriage, takes discipline, but it's a different type of relationship. It's one of fun and laughter and like growth like you said, takes pressure off of being like, Hey, like, let's have fun. Like, let's mm-hmm. go on a hike. Let's go bike to go get ice cream, which can be dating. But like, I want company more than I want conversation. And so I just yes. want to like have fun with you. Like, let's just go be friends. Like we don't have to get to know one of in- what another better or like leave with a new revelation about who Thomas or uh, who the Lord is like, this is just a fun, like, let's just be friends. Yeah. And, um, like, I, I want that for our kids. Like, I want mm-hmm. our kids to know that, like, mom and dad are not mom and dad and they're not, like, husband and wife. They are best friends and, like, mm-hmm. they're going to be each other. So I feel like friendship takes your marriage to one other level because it's like, I love you and I like you and I enjoy your company and I don't want to have to do this without you and you're my go-to. And, um, and sometimes, like, marriage just can't have all of that. So and it should definitely well, should. Like, I think part. that's the that's, goal. That's yeah. The question, like it's a big part of marriage for yeah. sure. But for yeah. you need friendship, I feel like to do marriage well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I think that, I mean, like I said, at the beginning of this, this conversation, you guys are just so you can tell from the way you interact that you are best friends and I just love that you are able to joke and, and, and laugh at the hard things that you kind of have come through to the other side on, you know, because you know that, that God was in them and that you learned something from them and that ultimately like those things make your marriage better. Right. So being able to look back on them and, and just have a lighthearted, I, I like that word, a lighthearted feel yeah. about it. It's really good. Um, okay. Second to last question, but I like this one, Rachel, what's the most important thing that you have learned from Thomas? And then Thomas, what's the most important thing that you have learned from Rachel? Good question. <laughs> I'll go. Oh, okay. Um, I think, Take it away, babe. Um, you know, marriage is like putting a huge mirror up in front of your face and yes. then having someone come around you and smack you a few times oh too. Like, <laughs> just all about yourself, though, is kind of what I'm saying. Like, there's just, you've never been in a relationship in this type of way until you've been married and just so much is exposed about mm-hmm. yourself, whether it's selfishness or pride or whatever. 
because it's not about you anymore and not everything affects just you, you know? And so for me, I feel like I've really learned a lot about myself from Rachel. And at the same time, I've learned how to um, cherish and pursue someone more than I expected. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. she's a really easy one to love and cherish, but like, it takes times. it takes <laughs> a lot to cultivate that in a way that like is fun. And so, I think that when you're together and and when you're married, like, that's a big part of it. You have to be on constant pursuit. But I feel like she is just such a good cultivator of community and family that. Um, I've really, I feel like I'm a better person when I'm around her. So mm-hmm. fellas turn off the volume on that one. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet. Um, that, that's good to hear. Cause sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm no fun. That's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So I feel like mine is, um, one that I've been learning a lot just through my relationship, whether it's been marriage or dating or engagement with Thomas, but I, and I've talked about it a little bit um, vulnerable, vulnerably online, but my dad passed away in a rock climbing accident, which is pretty interesting that it happened to be something adventuresome and risky and fun, yeah. right? Like it was supposed to be fun, but I think um, losing him that way really turned me off from fun and adventure and risk. And like, I would still call myself a fun person and I'm not like super cautious. I would never do something like I went skydiving. That's tons of fun, but I wouldn't like choose fun or adventure or risk as like my go-to for fun. Um, Thomas, on the other hand, like loves adventure, fun and risk, like wants to be a pilot, like have mm-hmm. the idea of going skydiving, like is always up for a road trip or something like that. And I feel like he and has kind of brought me through this healing process. I don't feel like I could have done on my own or with anyone else. And he's the one that um, like roots for me and, reminds me that um like I'm better sometimes than I think I am Mm. and not to put so much pressure on myself for improvement and but really I've learned that like growing is fun and like challenges need to be accepted and to just dream bigger and I've yeah I've learned so much about adventure and risk that I don't think I'd be in the same place health-wise emotionally or mentally or spiritually if it hadn't been for him kind of pushing me outside of my comfort zone and doing hard things. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, you guys have learned from one another, learned together and love to have fun together. So what's like the biggest dream right now that you have for your marriage, like unified as one, what would you say that would be? That's a big question. Like <laughs> huge question. I feel like our dreams are changing all the time. Like yeah. I am a dreamer and so is he. And so and sometimes we hold each other to the ground, like we ground each other well, but most of the times we're both up there dreaming in the sky. Um, literally. Literally. <laughs> literally in the sky in an airplane. Um uh shoot. That's a great question. Mm. What are we dreaming for? I think now we have, we have just like, we've been praying for really big things for a long time. Like, um, like his career with aviation. I mean, 
that was a huge dream. And now not that it's been accomplished because we have so much more to go, but it's, it's the opportunity. Like it's been handed to us and the Lord has gifted to us after much, much prayer. And so now I feel like I personally, you might have to take this question because now I'm personally like, so in awe of like actually reaching Mm -hmm. other dreams and like streams now with like me and my dreams coming to fruition. And I'm like, well, shoot, what's my next dream going to be? Because like all my dreams I've been working towards or praying towards and trying to steward the past three years are now like fruitful. So I, yeah. what, what would you say your dreams are? I mean, I think <laughs> this is the timing is going to be the Lord's. We don't know exactly when this is going to come, but I think kind of the next thing yeah. that we've been talking about and dreaming about is is having a family mm-hmm. and being able to start a team where, we're able to take the health of our marriage and what we've learned and put that into practice into tiny humans, you know? Mm-hmm. And- he went there. I was like, I'm not going to go there. He doesn't want to go there. But yeah, we want kids. Yeah. <laughs> like give us a team. We yeah. want, we want, um, be able to like love and spur on and champion and teach them how to champion each other. And again, like all in the Lord's timing, but, um, that would be, so fun and we would so long to be parents that could be in years it could be i mean i don't know so like but that's that's kind of the big dream for us is we've always we've always wanted a big family and that's a lot of what drew me to rachel so quickly is like when people are around her they just have no option other than to be one be the best version of themselves and to be Mm -hmm. brought together and so i'm like wow what is a family gonna look like this is gonna be fun fun, you know and oh my gosh um, yeah and so, and then I think the other like fun side note is we really want to travel. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah, have a dream yeah. of traveling a lot. Like we, we just love going on trips together and yeah. seeing new places. And that's so cool. Um, yeah. Both such good things, which it's cool that you can do them simultaneously kind of, you right. know, they're, they're going to look differently depending on the season you're in. But, um, I feel like tiny humans just add to the adventure, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, who knows? That's like a whole new territory. I feel like for, for us, it's like the wild, wild west. Like, you yeah. know, what happens and you've seen it happen. But like for us, I'm like, who knows what our story is going to be, you know, like, right. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole new trek. So good. Um, Okay, so tell me, I know we're coming up on our time. Tell me where we can find you guys on Instagram. I think that's where you're both most active. Um, Where can we, Rachel, where can we find your blog and all of that so we can kind of keep up with what you guys are doing and all your adventures? You're sweet. Um, (laughs) So on Instagram, you can find me at rachel.com. It's A-W-T-R-E-Y. And then online, I'm rachelautry.com. And then the podcast is called Behind the Bliss. And you can listen on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts and soon Spotify. So super excited about that. Yeah, and then and Thomas on me, wherever her yeah. wherever she is online. No, I'm just um, yeah, I do. I have Instagram at Thomas Autry is is. Yep. It's pretty simple. I think that's if it. you like like but, uh, a good perspective of the sky or like the skyline <laughs> of Birmingham, or like want to know the ins and outs of flying, he's a good source. He'll he'll post some really cool videos. Yeah, this is it's actually something that I want to do more, but I'm not hugely active on Instagram. Like I think that if you look at my page, you might even be I'm, private. I'm, I might even be private. I don't know, but like I love that you just don't know that. It's I, like, <laughs> if you look at if you look at my page, you probably will see like in the first ten pictures, you'll see 
a picture of Rachel at our wedding and that was three years ago, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> or really even like when we were gay, I think you can even see the picture of us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's great. I actually wanted more of that. Rachel, that's a huge value of hers to have pictures and memories of our life. And so I want Mine's to like an doing... online scrapbook. I'm like, Hey, I'm not really here to like, promote or whatever like i just want to be able to look back and be like oh that was really fun which is what i do often so yeah i do more, more stories than anything else because normally a post takes me like six hours to do anyways <laughs> um so it's so, true but i'll be getting better at it that's where you can find me encourage him in the journey of learning <laughs> all right guys well Thank you so, so much for being with us. Thank you for sharing about your story, what the Lord is doing. I'm just so thankful for you both. Um, and yeah, just thanks for taking the time out to be here. Thanks so much, Sam. I don't know about you guys, but I loved that interview. I loved having my conversation with Rachel and Thomas. I am so thankful for their hearts, and I just really hope that you will take a moment and pray for the work that they're doing together, unified as a married couple, and that you will reach out to them on social media and let them know how their story and their vulnerability blessed you by hearing it. So, Again, thank you for tuning in to the You Were Me For More podcast. Please follow us on Abundant Life um, on our Instagram page and our Twitter, Facebook. And if you liked what you heard today and you have yet to leave us a review, go on down. Take about a minute, literally, to hit the star button and let us know what you love. And that will help us keep bringing you more guests that um, can speak into your faith journey. So I hope that this week you remember you were made for more and we'll see you on the next episode.